Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. This is Fundamentally Mormon. Today we'll be covering pages 101 to 112 of Michael Adam, speaking about the Adam-God doctrine. We're in chapter 11. Chapter 11 is titled, Chronology of the Doctrine. The reader portion of the program is 25 minutes long, and after that we'll get into the commentary. Thank you for listening. Chronology of the Doctrine, Chapter 11 of Michael Adam of the Adam God Doctrine, pages 101 to 112. I have given you a few leading items upon this subject, but a great deal more remains to be told. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 151, there seems to be no end to the number of different gods proclaimed by their worshippers. Yet Jesus said, and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17, 3, knowing and understanding the identity of God is one of the first principles of the gospel, yet it is one of the great theological mysteries. But even when some of these mysteries are revealed and explained to mankind, they have generally been rejected. It is no wonder that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young had such difficulty teaching these truths to both Mormons and non-Mormons. Many of those who followed Brigham Young in church leadership positions experienced great difficulty with his teachings pertaining to the identity of God. They were explained away, misinterpreted, covered over, and even denied. On more than one occasion they were even labeled as false doctrine. It has frequently been said that Brigham Young never taught such things, or that he was misquoted. 102, however, the following selection of references by Brigham Young, as well as some of his contemporaries, demonstrates that he continued throughout his life to teach the same doctrine that he did in the famous sermon of 1852. It is important to know the consistency and frequency of these remarks regarding Adam and his unique position over this earth. April the 9th, 1852, now here it, O inhabitants of the earth, Jew and Gentile, saint and sinner. When our father Adam came into the Garden of Eden, He came into it with a celestial body, and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. He helped to make and organize this world. He is Michael, the Archangel, the Ancient of Days, about whom holy men have written and spoken and dash. He is our Father and our God, and the only God with whom we have to do. 
every man upon the earth, professing Christians or non-professing, must hear it, and will know it sooner or later. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 150, April the 16th, 1852, Adam came to earth with a celestial body. J.R.N.L. Of Samuel H. Rogers, October the 3rd, 1852, the father of Jesus Christ was Adam. J.R.N.L. At William Clayton, October the 23rd, 1853, supposing that Adam was formed actually out of clay, out of the same material from which bricks are formed, that with this matter God made the pattern of a man, and breathed into it the breath of life, and left it there, in that state of supposed perfection, he would have been in Adobe to this day. He would not have known anything. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 2, 6, 103, December 10, 1853, Adam, the father and god of the human family. The above sentiment appeared in Starno. 48, a little to the surprise of some of its readers. And while the sentiment may have appeared blasphemous to the ignorant, it has no doubt given rise to some serious reflections with the more candid and comprehensive mind. It is upon this foundation that the throne of Michael is established as Father, Patriarch, God. And it is for all his children who come into this world, to learn and fully understand the eternity of that relationship. Mill Star 15, 801, 802 February the 19th, 1854, he less than Brigham greater than said that our God was Father Adam. He was the father of the Saviour Jesus Christ. Our God was no more or less than Adam, Michael, the Archangel. Wilfred Woodruff's Journal, September the 17th, 1854, Brother Pratt also thought that Adam was made of the dust of the earth could not believe that Adam was our God or the father of Jesus Christ. President Young said that he was, that he came from another world and made this. Brought Eve with him partook of the fruits of the earth begat children and they were earthly and had mortal bodies and if we were faithful we should become gods as he was. W. Woodruff's Journal, October the 8th, 1854. Adam came from another world and brought Eve. They were the parents of every spirit on this earth. J.R.N.L. Of Joseph Lee Robinson, there is always an Adam and Eve as the first man and woman to earth. Adam and Eve were mortals and resurrected before this earth. Samuel Richards Journal, 104, May 6, 1855. Adam and Eve had lived upon another earth, were immortal when they came here. Adam assisted in forming this earth and agreed to fall when he came here and he felt that man might be. So as soon as they began to eat of the fruit of the earth, they received into their system the seeds of mortality and of death. So their children were mortal and subject to death, sorrow, pain and woe. W. Woodruff's Journal, March the 11th, 1856, Person Pratt does not understand how Adam could be God. Hist. Of Samuel W. 
Richard P. 15. April the 20th, 1856. He less than Adam greater than was the person who brought the animals and the seeds from other planets to this world, and brought a wife with him and stayed here. You may read and believe what you please as to what is found written in the Bible. Adam was made from the dust of an earth, but not from the dust of this earth. He was made as you and I are made, and no person was ever made upon any other principle. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 3, 319, June 29, 1856. There is but one God that pertains to this people, and he is the God that pertains to this earth and Ash the first man. That first man sent his own son to redeem the world. By C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses 4, 1, February the 8th, 1857, he less than Adam greater than is a being of the same species as ourselves. He lives as we do, except the difference that we are earthly, and he is heavenly. He has been earthly, and is of precisely the same species of being that we are. Whether Adam is the personage that we should consider our heavenly father, or 105, not, is considerable of a mystery to a good many. I do not care for one moment how that is. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 4, 217-18, October the 7th, 1857. Some have grumbled because I believe our God to be so near to us as Father Adam. There are many who know the doctrine to be true. When you at length meet Father Adam, how strange it will appear to your present notions. If we can pass Joseph and have him say, here, you have been faithful, good boys, I hold the keys of this dispensation, I will let you pass. Then we shall be very glad to see the white locks of Father Adam. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 5, 331, 332, March the 24th, 1858, Urson Pratt promises not to oppose Brigham Young's doctrine that Adam is our God. W. Woodruff's Journal, June the 19th, 1859, the Apostles and Prophets, when speaking of our relationship to God, say that we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. God is our Father, and Jesus Christ is our elder brother, and both are our everlasting friends. This is Bible Doctrine. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 6, 332, October the 9th, 1859, when you tell me that Father Adam was made as we make adobes from the earth, you tell me what I deem an idle tale. When you tell me that the beasts of the field were produced in that manner, you are speaking idle words devoid of meaning. There is no such thing in all the eternities where the gods dwell. Mankind are here because they are the offspring of parents who were first brought here from another planet and power was given them to propagate their species, and they were commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 7, 285, 106, May 20, 1860, 
I have been too free in telling who and what God is. Brigham Young, Des. News. June 12, 1860, this earth was once a garden place, where God our Father dwelled, and took possession and a stand that mankind will take who attain to that honor. By C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses 8, 243, September 4, 1860, Brother Cannon said there was a learned doctor that wanted to be baptized. He is satisfied that the doctrine of the plurality of God and that Adam is our father is the true doctrine revealed from God to Joseph and Brigham. For this same doctrine is taught in some of the old Jewish records which have never been in print, and I know Joseph Smith nor Brigham Young have never had access to, and the Lord has revealed this doctrine unto them or they could not have taught it. W. Woodruff's Journal, October 14, 1860, many of the sisters grieve, because they are not blessed with offspring. You will see the time when you will have millions of children around you. If you are faithful to your covenants, you will be mothers of nations. You will become Eve's to earth like this. And when you have assisted in peopling one earth, there are millions of earths still in the course of creation. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 8, 208, October the 8th, 1861, I will give you a few words of doctrine, upon which there has been much inquiry, and with regard to which considerable ignorance exists. B.R. What will write it, but it is not my intention to have it published, therefore pay good attention, 107, and store it up in your memories. Some years ago, I advanced a doctrine with regard to Adam being our father and God, that will be a cause less than curse greater than to many elders of Israel because of their folly. With regard to it they yet grovel in darkness and will. It is one of the most glorious revealments of the economy of heaven, yet the world holds it less than in greater than derision. Brigham Young, manuscript entitled A Few Words of Doctrine, Brigham Young Collection, Church Archives, February the 23rd, 1862, Man is the offspring of God. We are as much the children of this great being as we are the children of our mortal progenitors. We are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, and the same fluid that circulates in our bodies, called blood, once circulated in his veins as it does in ours. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 9, 283, April the 30th, 1862, the Lord told me that Adam was my father and that he was the God and father of all the inhabitants of this earth. By C. Kimball, Memorandum, Sacred History, Solomon F. Kimball, Church Archives, April May 1863. The land where our Heavenly Father made his appearance and planted the Garden of Eden. This land is choice above all other lands upon the face of the earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 10, 222, January the 8th, 1865, one of the prophets describes the Father of us all, saying, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. 
his throne was like the fiery flame, etc. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 1141-42, 108, June 18, 1865. God has made his children like himself. He created man, as we create our children. As the Apostle Paul has expressed it, for in him we live, and move, and live our being. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, I am quite satisfied to be made aware by the Scriptures, and by the Spirit of God, that he, Adam, is not only the God and Father of Jesus Christ, but is also the Father of our spirits, and the Creator of our bodies. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 11, 122-123, August 12, 1866, The kingdoms he possesses and rules over are his own progeny. Our Father and God rules over his own children. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 11, 262, February 10, 1867, they less than Israel greater than will come up tribe by tribe, and the ancient of Ace, he who led Abraham, and talked to Noah, Enoch, Isaac, and Jacob, that very being will come and judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 11, 327, June 30, 1867, I ask this question of you, Mother Eves, every one of you. If you are not sanctified and prepared, you ought to be sanctifying and preparing yourselves for the blessings in store for you and it will be said of you, this is Eve. Why? Because you are the mother of all living. You might as well prepare first as last. If you wish to be Eves and mothers of human families, you ought to bear the burden. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 12, 97, December the 16th, 1867, Adam is Michael the Archangel and he is the father of Jesus Christ and is our God and Joseph taught this principle. Brigham Young, W. Woodruff J. R. N. L. 109, June 8, 1868. Adam is our God. Who his God and Father may be I have no knowledge. A. F. MacDonald, Minutes of the Provost School of the Prophets. December the 11th, 1869. Some have thought it strange what I have said concerning Adam. But the period will come when this people, if faithful, will be willing to adopt Joseph Smith as their prophet, seer, revelator, and God, but not the father of their spirits, for that was our father Adam. Brigham Young, W. Woodruff J. R. N. L. September the 25th, 1870, He is our Father. He is our God, the Father of our spirits. He is the framer of our bodies, and set the machine in successful operation to bring forth these tabernacles that I now look upon in this building, and all that ever did or ever will live on the face of the whole earth. This is the doctrine taught by the ancients, taught by the prophets, taught by Jesus, taught by his apostles, taught by Joseph Smith. 
Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 13, 250, May 7, 1871. Do you not all know that you are the sons and daughters of the Almighty? If you do not, I will inform you this morning that there is not a man or woman on the earth that is not a son or daughter of Adam and Eve. We all belong to the races which have sprung from Father Adam and Mother Eve. And every son and daughter of Adam and Eve is a son and daughter of that God we serve, who organized this earth and millions of others, and who holds them in existence by law. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 14, 111, 110, May 21, 1871. He less than God greater than organized it less in this world greater than, and brought forth the inhabitants upon it. We are his children, literally, spiritually, naturally, and in every respect. We are the children of our Father. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 14, 136, May 18, 1873. I never saw anyone, until I met Joseph Smith, who could tell me anything about their character personality and dwelling place of God, anything satisfactory about angels, or the relationship of man to his maker. We know more about God and the heavens than we care to tell. Whereas the divine who knows the least thing about that being who is the father of our spirits and the author of our bodies? What I know concerning God, concerning the earth, concerning government, I have received from the heavens not alone through my natural ability, and I give God the glory and the praise. But it is all by the power of God, and by intelligence received from Him. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 1646, June 18, 1873. How much unbelief exists in the minds of the Latter-day Saints in regard to one particular doctrine which I revealed to them, and which God revealed to me and dash namely that Adam is our father and God and dash I do not know, I do not inquire, I care nothing about it. Our father Adam helped to make this earth, it was created expressly for him, and after it was made he and his companions came here. Brigham Young, The Ferret Weekly News 22, 308-309, August the 31st 1873, when Father Adam came to assist in organizing the earth out of the crude material that was found, an earth was made upon which the children of men could live. After the earth was prepared Father Adam came and stayed here, and, 111, there was a woman brought to him. Now I am telling you something that many of you know, it has been told to you, and the brethren and sisters should understand it. There was a certain woman brought to Father Adam whose name was Eve, because she was the first woman, and she was given to him to be his wife. I am not disposed to give any further knowledge concerning her at present. There is no doubt but that he left many companions. The great and glorious doctrine that pertains to this I have not time to dwell upon, neither should I at present if I had time. He understood this whole machinery or system before he came to this earth. And I hope my brethren and sisters will profit by what I have told them. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 16, 167, 
July the 19th, 1874, we shall go on from one step to another, reaching forth into the eternities until we become like the gods, and shall be able to frame for ourselves, by the behest and command of the Almighty, all those who are counted worthy to be exalted and to become gods, even the sons of God, will go forth and have earths and worlds like those who frame this, and millions on millions of others. This is our home, built expressly for us by the Father of our spirits, who is the Father, Maker, Framer and Producer of these mortal bodies that we now inherit, and which go back to Mother Earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 17, 143, May the 14th, 1876, is there in the heaven of heavens a leader? Yes, and we cannot do without one and that being the case, whoever this is may be called God. Joseph said that Adam was our father and God. Brigham Young, Journal History, Church Archives, February the 7th, 1877, Adam was an immortal being when he came to this earth. He had lived on an earth similar to ours. He had received the 112 priest holding the keys thereof, and had been faithful in all things, and had gained his resurrection, and his exaltation and was crowned with glory, immortality and eternal lives, and was numbered with the gods, for such he was through his faithfulness. And he has begotten all of the spirits that were to come to this earth. And Eve, our common mother, who is the mother of all living, bore those spirits in the celestial world, and then this earth was organized by Elohim, Jehovah and Michael, who is Adam, our common father. Father Adam's oldest son, Jesus the Savior, who is the heir of the family, is Father Adam's first begotten in the spirit world, who according to the flesh is the only begotten as it is written. In his divinity, he, Adam, having gone back into the spirit world, and came in the spirit to Mary, and she conceived. For when Adam and Eve got through with their work in this earth, they did not lay their bodies down in the dust, but returned to the spirit world from whence they came. Old John Nuttall Journal, C118-21 from Brigham Young's first announcement in 1852 right up to the year of his death, 1877, he, as well as other church leaders, continued to teach and defend the doctrine that Adam occupied the office and honored the title of God of this earth. However, those teachings were met with both acceptance and rejection throughout those 25 years. And for over a century since Brigham's death, the controversy has continued and dash with both advocates and dissenters continuing to preach and write on this controversial Adam-God doctrine. But after considering the compilation of statements in this chapter, the evidence is clear that Brigham Young continuously taught this doctrine throughout his administration as church president. 113, Chapter 12, Selected Sermons,
Okay, I'm going to start reading now. Um, we're reading chronolo- Chronology of the Doctrine, Chapter 11, Chronology, something like that. Uh, page 101. Uh, I have given you a few leading items upon this subject, but a great deal more remains to be told. Brigham Young's Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 51. There seems to be no end to the number of different gods proclaimed by their worshippers. Yet Jesus said, and this is life eternal, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John, uh, what is that called? Chapter 17, verse 3. Knowing and understanding the identity of God is one of the first principles of the gospel, yet it is one of the great theological mysteries. But even when some of these mysteries are revealed and explained to mankind, they have generally been rejected. It is no such wonder that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young had such difficulty teaching these truths to both Mormons and non-Mormons. Many of those who followed Brigham Young in church leadership positions experienced great difficulty with his teachings pertaining to the identity of God. They were explained away, misinterpreted, covered over, and even denied. On more than one occasion, they were even labeled in, or as false doctrine. It has frequently been said that Brigham Young never taught such things or that he was misquoted. Page 102. However, the following selection of references by Brigham Young, as well as some of his com- contemporaries, demonstrates that he continued throughout his life to teach the same doctrine that he did in the famous sermon of 1852. It is important to note the consistency and frequency of these remarks regarding Adam and his unique position over this earth. Um, <clears throat> April 9, 1852. Now hear it, O inhabitants of the earth, Jew and Gentile, saints and sinners. When our father Adam came into the garden of Eden, he came into it with a celestial body, and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. He helped to make and organize this world. He is Michael the Archangel, the Ancient of Days, about whom holy men have written and spoken. He is our Father, our God, and the only God with whom we have to do. Um, every man upon the earth, professing Christians, professing Christians or non-professing, must hear it, and will know it sooner or later. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 50. April 16, 1852. Adam came to earth with a celestial body. Journal of Samuel H. Rogers. October 30, 1852. The father of Jesus Christ was Adam. Journal of William Clayton. October 23, 1853. Supposing that Adam was formed actually out of clay, out of the same material from which bricks are formed, that with this matter, God made the pattern of life. Or no, God made the pattern of a man. Oh, matter is in like the physical material. That makes sense. I was like, this matter? What if he matters? <laughs> um, with this matter, made the pattern of a man, God did. And breathed into it the breath of life and left it there. In that state of supposed perfection, he would have been an adobe to this day. He would not have known anything. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 2, page 6. And that is page 103. Mom, do you have anything to say? Can you hear me? 
Am I coming through okay, Mom? Okay. Uh, she's in the other room. She shouted yes. <laughs> December 10th, 18th. Okay, no, my, my phone was muted on the phone instead of muted on the headset, so when I hit it, it wouldn't unmute it, so I had to run and get this. But I can hear you just clear. I know. I went to double-check the studio. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> um, yeah, sounds good. Keep going. You're doing great. Okay. Um, page 103, I believe. December 10th of 1853. Adam, the father of God, or the father and God of the human family. The above statement or sentiment appeared in star number 48. Uh, a little to the surprise of some of its readers. And while the sentiment may have appeared blasphemous to the ignorant, it has no doubt given rise to some serious reflection with a more candid and comprehensive mind. It is upon this foundation that the throne of Michael was established as Father Patriarch God. And it is for all his children who come into this world to learn and fully understand the eternity of that relationship. Millennial star. Uh, I think it's uh, volume 15, page 801 and 802. But I don't know because I don't know millennial stuff that well. February 19th, 1854. He, Brigham, said that our God was Father Adam. He was the father of the Savior Jesus Christ. Our God was no more or less than Adam. Michael, the Archangel. Wilford Woodruff Journal. September 17th, 1854. Brother Pratt also thought that Adam was made of the dust of the earth. Uh, could not believe that Adam was our God or the father of Jesus Christ. President Young said that he was, that he came from another world and made this. Brought Eve with him, partook of the fruits of the earth, begat children, and they were earthly and had mortal bodies. And if we're faithful, we shall become gods as he was, if we were faithful. That's kind of a confusing, like, really long run-on sentence. Uh, w. Wood, I think that's Wilford Woodruff's journal. October 8th of 1854. Adam came from another world and brought Eve. They were the parents of every spirit on this earth. Journal of Joseph Lee Robinson. And I'm flipping over the page. Um, if anyone has one of these books, it is the Enzyme to the Nations. In that book, we are on page 1338. Um, there is always an Adam and Eve as the first man and woman to the earth, or to earth. Adam and Eve were mortals and resurrected before this earth. Samuel Richards' journal, um, now we're on page 104. May 6th of 1855. Adam and Eve had lived upon another earth, were immortal when they came here. Adam assisted in forming this earth and agreed to fall when he came here and he fell that man might be. So as soon as they began to eat of the fruit of the earth, they received into their system the seeds of mortality and of death. So their children were mortal and subject to death, sorrow, pain, and woe. Uh, I think Wilfred Woodruff's journal, March 11th, 1856. Orson Pratt does not understand how Adam could be God. History of Samuel W. Samuel w. Richards, page 15. 
uh, April 20th, 1856. He, Adam, was the person who brought the animals and the seeds from other planets to this world and brought a wife with him and stayed here. You may read and believe what you please as to what is found written in the Bible. Adam was made from the dust of of an earth, but not from the dust of this earth. He was made as you and I are made, and no person was ever made upon any other principle. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 319. June 29th of 1856. There is but one God that pertains to this people, and he is the God that pertains to this earth, the first man. That first man sent his own son to redeem the world. Heber C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses, uh, Volume 4, page 1, February 8th of 1857. He, Adam, is a being of the same species as ourselves. He lives as we do, except the difference that we are earthly and he is heavenly. He has been earthly and is of precisely the same species of being as we are, or that we are. Whether Adam is the personage that we should consider our Heavenly Father or not is considerable of a mystery to a good many. I do not care for one moment how that is. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 217 and 218. And that is page 105 in this book. Uh, Are you guys there? I think that's so much. I'm here. Hi, Dan. Yeah, I'm here, Emmett. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Uh, No, I I got I just got out of the shop and just left the yard uh, ten minutes ago, and then I don't have my cell phone booster on right now uh, because I'm, you know, truck is in the shop. And I was trying to get out of there. Anyway, um, so I'll probably be cutting in and out worse than I usually do. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I just started listening to you a, a few minutes ago. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I think I'm going to continue reading uh, if you want to meet yourself. Okay, um, I know there was some dead air because I was trying to listen to it in the shop, which is a metal building, and uh, it, I got really bad cell phone reception in there. But um, did Kim explain what was going on with uh, with that? Uh, I don't think anyone said anything about that. Um, Mom oh. was like, a bit busy, and we were, like, listening, and like, wait, we got to start reading, so Mom told me to go read while I was in the middle of doing something. <laughs> so I, like, dropped yeah. everything I was doing. And well, I thought that's one of the reasons why you guys have headsets, so you could listen to when the reader program was reading. I know, but we weren't paying attention to that at that moment, because there was something else Because you had on. an emergency in the kitchen? Uh, sort of. A, a little bit. So, actually, what happened uh, was... We looked at the reader program, and it told us that we had 13 more minutes, and then we were like, okay, 13 more minutes, because, you know, we started it at a certain time, and there were so many minutes that it would be done till. So I said, okay, then really quickly, we're just going to do this. I was trying to make food. Um, I ended up 
knocking something off the counter, spilling it all over the floor. Luckily, luckily we have dogs, so they came and ate our dinner. And I was trying to impromptu make something really quickly for the little kids um, to eat. And then all of a sudden it just starts playing music in the middle of all this. And we were like, wait, I thought it was still supposed to go for another, you know, like seven minutes. And then I was like, Emmett, stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. I did three uh, recordings in on uh, in one day on Monday because I knew that I didn't have a babysitter and I knew it was going to be hard to get those done when I, like between the time Emmett and Olivia get home where they can take the baby and the time that I have to go to work and get ready and everything. Anyway, so I like was falling asleep because, uh, so I, I know we're in the reading portion right now, but I'm just going to tell you what happened today. And I think Ken knows, but I'll say it. So uh, I got home uh, about 5.15, Had some food because I didn't eat all night because I was so busy trying to get everything done and I forget to eat, but then I get sick. Anyway, so I took a shower about 6. And then I went to sleep about 7 and tried to do a bunch of stuff before uh, while I was falling asleep. Um, I can only sleep as long as my 2-year-old lets me sleep. So he woke me up about noon, which I'm really thankful for. So I got five hours of sleep today. Uh, went out, had to take care of the or Well, I had to get him ready, get him dressed and fed and all of that. And then uh, I had to go out and take care of the animals, which lasted from 12.30 until 3.30. So, yeah, it's just the way things are right now. So, it's, and Kim knows this. I mean, she's got a really hectic schedule, too. So trying to, like, get time in to read um, while dinner is being made and while laundry is being done and while things are being cleaned up, you know, and then after the reading, it's hurry up and try to find clothes for the kids to wear and get them all showered and ready for bed. And like from the time we get up, both Kim and I, from the time we get up until the time we get to bed is a race every day. And, um, yeah, it's just, that's life, you know. So I don't ask any money for, uh, anybody money for, um, you know, helping me out. I don't want people's money. Uh, there is one person that pays me tithing, though, and I am grateful for that. But um, I'm not doing this for money or for power or anything else. I'm doing this to educate people and to share my witness, which Heavenly Father has uh, asked me to do for him. So I do it. And I try, but it is hard. That's why, that's why things are the way that they are. And um, I was trying to help out today with the goats because um, Kim was uh, complaining at me last night, or to, no, it was last night, about how, like, she's got to do all this stuff and get the goats and the dinner and all the things done. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go try to help out and get these goats fed, which takes three. Uh, we have a really large wagon that we can pull. Take three loads. 
And the hay is these big, huge bales of hay, and they are hard because they were sun-baked. And yep. trying to get them apart to, like, break them apart so that we can, like, load up the hay to feed the goats. Oh, it's, um, You need, like, an axe. I know. <laughs> oh, by the way, Emmett, you cannot use that hardened, um, oh, what's it called? The thing with the forks on it? Uh, what's it called? I know what you're talking about. It's like the pitchfork thing that you got that's like different. Yeah, pitchfork. Yeah, so we have a one with really large forks that don't bend, and then the other one is for picking up loose hay, and they bend really easy. But you cannot break those big bales of hay apart with the pitchfork. Uh, if you see the handle bending, that thing was like, how much was that, Kim? Expensive. $50. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed that um, when I was trying to do what I know Emmett has been doing, that uh, the the handle is bending at the uh, point of the metal um, pitchfork part, and if that breaks, then that's going to be money that we're out again. So, and we've had too many pitchforks that have been broken and/or lost. And I have no idea where they went. We have ten acres for the listening audience, so. I don't know. Anyway, but um, you have to use the pry bar to break that hay apart uh, if it's not coming apart. You cannot use that. You can use that, that pitchfork with uh, heavy tongs or prong, prongs or whatever they're called, you know, to pick up the large clumps or whatever. But, you know, just you got to use the pry I bar. Been, I haven't been using it for that. I use it to break apart because we had that smaller one that was, like, all torn apart now. Um, I used it oh, to tear okay. that apart completely while it was still not completely hardened. <laughs> it, like, came, yeah. like, before it was all, like, normal, and it was still really hard to pull apart, but you could still do it pretty easily with a bit of time. Yeah. But then it, like, froze, I think, is what happened, and, like, you can't break it apart now. Because it's, like, really hard to do now compared to before. There was, there was a piece of gate, metal, whatever, in between where the chickens go out of the shed into the chicken coop, which was preventing them from going into the chicken coop part. And it was tangled up in the chicken wire, so I had to take that out today, which took me about 30 minutes to figure out. So um, I was chasing around chickens trying to get them back into the chicken coop. And uh, we still have some uh, refugees, stragglers. <laughs> stragglers. I don't know what you call them. Anyway, they're, but they're um, on the roof of the chicken coop because they like it up there for some dumb reason. <laughs> well, I know they like it up there, but I would like it if we didn't have chickens roaming around pooping all over our driveway and sidewalk and porch. But so they love I it, wanna... Dad. It's so I know bathroom. they love it. I don't like walking <laughs> in poop, and I am embarrassed. When people come over to our house and there's like chicken poop all over the place, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I so like I fixed that. I fixed the wires for the the heated buckets for the animals and watered them and fed them and uh, moved the dogs uh, area. Oh, I moved the uh, the dog feeder into the hog pen. Uh, so they can have food and eat 
and chase away those two ghosts that refuse to leave their mommies. <laughs> so yeah, we have we have four ghosts that are females that are 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 pregnant or have given uh, birth to babies. And last year we had two twin boys that we named Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> and Quagon uh, Quagon Jin because we're weird like that. I and they jump out of the goat field and they jump and they go over to this cinder block building that we have for the mamas that are about to give birth and or have given birth. And those two escape all the time and they go over and they stand by their mommies all day and all night and they're ridiculous. So <laughs> they don't go anywhere though. So we don't worry about them, but, um, but I, I fixed the water for them and then I put the dogs there um, so that they could drink water and eat their dog food. And I put the dog food feeder there as well. So, and I probably did a bunch of other things today that I'm not remembering. So, but that's, that's uh, for the listening audience. That's just life. Uh, you know, we got a farm. Uh, Kim teaches uh, and I drive a semi truck at night and, we don't have a babysitter right now, and life life is fun, but we're making it work. It's just really hard. So I kind of do wish I could, you know, receive uh, money for my efforts so I could focus more on the ministry portion. But, you know, this stuff is not popular. I mean, I do have probably on YouTube over a thousand uh, video views a month. And we have a lot of people who listen to the program, but um, you know, if I was an anti-Mormon bigot um, or an ex-Mormon, like, you know, I could probably make pretty good money doing the program, but that's not the way it is, and I'm not ever going to turn against what I know to be true or what God has asked me to do. And, you know, this stuff uh, where we talk about things and we criticize the, the church for uh, turning away from the truth of the restoration, it's never going to be popular, you know? So, I, I don't know. It just it is what it is. Also, I run several pages and get tons of messages on those pages in my messenger for those pages. Always trying to contact me in my own Facebook messenger. I read all of them. I try to respond to ones where they actually ask me real questions and not, hi, how are you doing? You know, can you tell me about yourself? Whatever. Uh, And then I also run uh, several groups on Facebook that I'm the admin at. So it's like, there's not enough time in the day to do all the things that need to be done. So, anyway, uh, Emmett? Hello. Uh, I guess I'll mute myself and you can read, and I'll try to comment if I'm in service. Okay. I'm in the office right now, and I'm like, because everyone's everywhere all out there, so I'm in a quiet place. And I really What's like that? having the. So I'm in the office right now, and I have like, 
I'm in a chair that I brought upstairs from the basement. Um, and it's really oh. nice. It's this one from mom's school. And the way I ha- so I, if you didn't know, I won a computer because I fixed it and I built it and it was awesome. Anyway, so I have like this whole setup in here. But I have it like this perfect angle where I can just have the book right here and be reading at my desk. <laughs> Are really you using nice. the computer to watch the studio? Um, no, I haven't been doing that. I've been doing it on my phone because it's like quicker to check. Um, <laughs> but I did sign on and it does work, so that's good. Oh, cool. Yeah, Emmett. Emmett um, took a computer class at high in high school, and a few uh, <laughs> yeah, and he learned how to fix computers. And then there was a contest where a bunch of people signed up, and then they found out Emmett was going to be competing, and they dropped out. A ton of them dropped out because they're like, uh, "Nope, he's gonna win." <laughs> You know, Anyways, I'm not did. even kidding. I think seven different people dropped out of a competition, like 20-something. <laughs> yeah. And solely because me and one other person were competing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, Emmett did win, and he brought home a Mac computer, which I wanted to buy, but we don't have the money to buy because we've got to get farm equipment, and we're trying to fix the house, and we'll do all these things. You know, so about four months ago, I was praying and I asked God if he could help me figure it out. And lo and behold, Emmett wins the competition and wins the computer and gets offered a job working as a subcontractor for Apple. And um, and then that's $15 an hour. And then it's, when you get your A-plus certificate, it's uh, 23 an hour. Uh, there's an A plus and there's one other thing that I have to do with twenty three. Um oh, but yeah. Okay. It's yeah, so. I don't remember what it's called. It's called like ATC or something. It's a certification for an Apple technician. Cool, and it's fun. You like doing it, so Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so um I'm really glad that that happened and Emmett can use that computer in our office. Um, once he figures it out, and maybe we can get that soundboard to hook up to the computer so that we can use the soundboard and get a microphone so that you can use, you know, but that's all stuff that's in the future and trying to find time to do anything is just, um, it's hard. So, I mean, the kids, as soon as they get up, you know, Emma takes a shower in the morning, at night, and at night, because he's a teenage boy and he needs it. And then trying to get mom ready for school and trying to get all the food ready and trying to get the girls ready. And then they're off to, you know, to school or off to the races. And then as soon as they come home, Emmett actually makes my dinner uh, or whatever it is that I'm going to take with me to work. And gets me ready to go as I'm getting ready We try to, to prep it the night before, but we don't always get it. So that it's easier yeah. just to, just for, if it's done, the you know, before, then we can just grab it and stick it into your cooler. Um, like tonight, I just finished making um, a large sandwich that we all, it was like out of one of those huge breads. Anyways, so I made like this huge turkey sub which was a backup for what was supposed to happen that just fell all over the floor. So 
um, when things happen, it just makes it more chaotic, and then we're like, oh, okay, I have to figure out something else that was supposed to be what we had because I try to plan it. Yeah. I just try to make everything run smoothly. So when it doesn't, and then something happens, like tonight, and it's like, okay, nothing's going to work as planned, so now we just have to figure out something else. And then that's where I was like, Emmett, I need you to go read. And then I don't think he heard me, though, the first time or something. And then I was like, Emmett, what are you doing? And then he was like, Mom, you said to go and uh, clean out the steam cleaner thing or something. And I was like, no, I need you to go and get the book and read. And he goes, oh. And I said, drop what you're doing right now, which is still sitting in the bathroom sink. <laughs> um, and that's where I am now. Now I'm trying to do what I asked him to do. And you like, all this stuff still has to be done. It just makes it for a chaotic day, and it makes it harder when something goes wrong. Then it's like, oh, okay, we'll do this instead. So, I mean, I am thankful, though, that Emma is able to do that and read because when life happens, you kind of have to be able to be flexible flexible, so that we can still do the things that we're trying to do, we're trying to be committed to, anyway. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read. I'm going into the depth anyway, so I'll mute myself. Give me a Okay, something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... Okay, we're on page 105, I believe. October 7th to 1867. Um, by the way, whenever I'm saying these dates, there is a date and then a quote. I think the quote goes with that date, and then there's another one afterwards. Because it started off with a date, so I think it's the date and the quote. Oh, Lydia, I need Eliza. Mom, you yeah. need What? No, you need Okay, uh, October 7th, 1857. Some have grumbled because I believe our God to be so near to us as Father Adam. There are this needs to go up because it's yours. This needs to go into Tim, my bathroom. Tim, you need to mute your oh. mic. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. Um, continuing on. Um, when you at length meet Father Adam, how strange it will appear to your present notions. If we can pass Joseph and have him say, here, you have been faithful, good boys, I hold the keys of this dispensation, I will let you pass, then we shall be very glad to see the white locks of Father Adam. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 5, page 331 and 332. March 24, 1858. Orson Pratt promises not to oppose Brigham Young. <laughs> Okay, he messed up there, I think, because it's Brigham Young. It says Brigham Young, and then there's one of those weird O's with, like, a little squiggly above it, capitalized, and then S. Uh, I'm going to say Brigham Young there, though. Brigham Young's Doctrine that Adam is Our God. Uh, w. Woodruff Journal, uh, June 19, 1859. The Apostles and Prophets, when speaking of our relationship... Uh, of our relationship to God, uh, say that we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. God is our father, and Jesus Christ is our elder brother, and both are our everlasting friends. This is Bible doctrine. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 332. October 9, 1859. When you tell me that Father Adam was made as we made adobes from the earth, you tell me what I deem an idle tale. 
When you tell me that the beasts of the field were produced in that manner, you are speaking idle words devoid of meaning. There is no such thing in all the eternities where the gods dwell. Mankind are here because they are the offspring of parents who were first brought here from another planet. And power was given to them to propagate their species. And they were commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. Brigham Young Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 285. Now we're on page 106. I'm going to keep reading because we have that whole talk in there to go. May 20th, 1860. I have been too free in telling who and what God is. Brigham Young, Deseret News. June 12th, 1860. This earth was once a garden place where, our, where God, our Father, dwelt and took possession and a stand that mankind will take who attain that, or to that honor. Heber C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, page 243. September 4th, 1860. Bloodler Cannon said there was a learned doctor that wanted to be baptized. He is satisfied that the doctrine of the plurality of God and that Adam is our father is a true doctrine revealed from God to Joseph and Brigham. For the same doctrine is taught in some of the old Jewish records which have been in print or never been in print. And I know Joseph Smith nor Brigham Young has never had access to. And the Lord has revealed this doctrine unto them, or they could not have taught it. W. Woodruff Journal, and that's the end of that quote. October 14th, 1860. Many of the sisters grieve because they are not blessed with offspring. You will see the time when you have millions of children around you. If you are faithful to your covenant, you will be mothers of nations. You will become, you will become ease to earth like this. And when you have assisted in peopling one earth, there are millions of earths still in the course of creation. Earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, or, yeah, Volume 8, page 208. October 8th of 1861. I will give you a few words of doctrine upon which there has been much inquiry, and with regard to which uh, considerable ignorance exists. Uh, B.R. Watt, I don't know who that is. B.R. Watt will write it, but it is not my intention to have it published. Therefore, pay good attention and store it up in your memories. Some years ago, I advanced a doctrine with regard to Adam being our father and God. That will be a cause, curse, to many elders of Israel because of their folly. With regard to it, they yet grovel in darkness and will. It is one of the most glorious re- uh, revealments of the economy do- of heaven. Yet the world holds it in derision. That's a weird word. Brigham Young manuscript. Manuscript entitled A Few Words of Doctrine, Brigham Young Collection, Church Archives, February 23, 1862. Man is the offspring of God. We are as much as the children of this great being as we are the children of our mortal progenitors. We are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, and the same fluid that circulates in our bodies, called blood, once originated in his veins as it does ours. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, 
volume 9, page 283. Oh, I forgot to say we're on page 107 now. Um, April 30th, 1862. The Lord told me that Adam was my father and that he was the God and father of all the inhabitants of this earth. Heber C. Kimball, uh, Memorandum, Sacred History, Solomon F. Kimball Church Archives. April slash May of 1863. The land where our Heavenly Father made his appearance and planted the Garden of Eden. This, or, yeah, this land is choice above all other lands upon the face of the earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, page 10, or volume 10, page 222. Um, continuing on. <clears throat> One of the prophets describes the father of us all, saying, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, etc. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 41 to 42. And now we're on page 108. Do you have anything to say? Um, just that um, these things were restored to the Prophet Joseph. Smith and taught the leaders in Nauvoo um, and that Satan had, over time has chipped away at it but in order to understand the Adam God doctrine you have to understand multiple mortal probations which Joseph Smith revealed um, in his last sermon the sermon at the grove uh, but because of rain that day, he was not able to finish the sermon. Um, he revealed it, to, or God revealed it to me in 2011, um, without knowing about the uh, lecture at the Grove. Um, Heavenly Father just wanted to tell me a secret uh, when I was trying to figure out reincarnation and um, and stuff, whatever. But it was really interesting, and he told me that we are damned in resurrection. Um, but we, yeah, it's not on my cell phone antenna on right now because I'm in such a, anyway, it, but that we have the opportunity to go on a new earth with a new um, Godhead and uh, put off our resurrection and um, and have an, more life experiences and be put in different situations and to grow. And it's so that we can obtain a higher resurrection. And over the course of the eons of time, over the course of many, many, many uh, eternal rounds, um, God makes it so that we can progress. And so if you don't understand multiple mortal probations and the progression of the gods, you will not understand the Adam-God doctrine, and you will not fully understand what it, what it means that as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. And this whole idea that was taught for many, for us, ever since the beginning of the Restoration, all the way up until just a couple of years ago when the church was like, we don't teach that. We've never taught that. 
Well, uh, I'm sorry. There's a record of you teaching it that we uh, have the opportunity to become exalted and be given our own planet. But if you understand the progression of the gods, multiple mortal probations, the Adam-God doctrine, you'll understand that what the church used to teach is true and it's part of the restoration. And one of the reasons I do this program, not only to be a witness, which I am, um, but also to teach the people who are ready to hear it, and also to show that the church, over time, does not teach the same things. They've rejected so many of the, the truths of the restoration over time that Brigham, uh, Brigham Young, or, yeah, well, Brigham Young would probably blood atone these guys. Who knows? But Joseph Smith wouldn't like it, and God doesn't like it. He's very unhappy with what, what has gone on with the apostasy within the church. And there doesn't need to be another restoration, but, um, but God wants these things known. And I know them because God has revealed them to me through revelation, through inspiration, and through outright um, visions, open visions and dreams. He's revealed so many things to me, and he has called me as his witness to speak truth, to show the people that they need to repent and turn back to the first works of the restoration and stop being apostate Christians. There was a reason for the, uh, for the restoration. It wasn't so the Book of Mormon could come forth. It was so that, that, well, that could be a second witness of Jesus Christ, but there was many things which the, the early church lost. I mean, we don't have any of the teachings of Jesus after his 40-day ministry, Many of his writings were uh, disregarded. Um, Paul's writings and Peter's writings were, were disregarded. James' writings were changed and altered. I mean, and this is what Satan does. And because of free, the free agency of men and women, um, they think that they can do what they want with God's gospel. But in Deuteronomy, it says that you shall neither add to or take away from the word of God. But they do it all the time, you know. So, anyway, I, we can go on and on and on. But I am on the mind road, so I'm going to mute myself again. And I'm going to try to get yeah, my antenna on it. Just going to add to what you Sorry. were saying, but just that every person, um, the reason why it's so important for you to go to God and ask him and get your own personal revelation is because everybody reads all of this stuff, and they have their experiences, and they – um, are doing their own research, but they interpret things the way that they want it to fit their narrative. And when that happens, then we get all of these different um, supposed doctrines, but not really because it's just somebody else's interpretation of what they knew. So that's why it's so important. I was just going to say that, but you kept talking. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to continue. Okay, sounds like a good plan. Um, okay, and we, we've been talking a whole bunch, so I think I'm just going to read, like, the rest of this, like, page in the physical book, you know? Yeah, that um, sounds good. So yeah. 
Okay, we are on page 108. We are on page 1339 of Enzymes of the Nation, but we're on page 108 of Michael Adams. Okay. 108, June 18, 1865. God made his children like himself. He created man as we create our children. As the Apostle Paul has expressed it, for in him we live and move and have our being. For so as much, or no, for as much, then as we are the offspring of God. I am quite satisfied to be made aware by the scriptures and by the Spirit of God that he, Adam, is not only the God and Father of Jesus Christ, but is also the Father of our spirits and the Creator of our bodies. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 11. Hold on. Okay, and a little bit of a cough. Um, okay, because I was going to say, I can't hear you. <laughs> I know, I was like, hold on. <laughs> you know, um, that he, Adam, is not only the God and Father of Jesus Christ, but is also the Father of our spirits and the creator of our body. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, 100 and, uh, or Volume 11, page 112. I don't keep reading that as 12. 122 and 123. August 12th of 1886. Of 1866. The kingdoms he possesses and rules over are his own uh, progeny. Our Father and God rules over his own children. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 262. February 10th of 1867. They, Israel will come up tribe by tribe. And the Ancient of Days, he who had Abraham and talked to Noah, Enoch, Isaac, and Jacob, that very being will come and judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Twelve tribes of Israel. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 327. June 30th of 1867. I ask this question of you, Mother Eves, every one of you. If you are not sanctified and prepared, you ought to be sanctifying and preparing yourselves for the, or for the blessings in store for you. When it will be said of you, this is Eve. Why? Because you are the mother of all living. You might as well prepare the first as last. If you wish to be Eve and mothers of human families, you ought to bear the burden. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 12, page 97. December 16th. Of 1867. Adam is Michael the Archangel, and he is the father of Jesus Christ, and is our God, and Joseph taught this principle. Brigham Young, W. Woodruff Journal, and now we're on page 109 of Michael Adams, June 8th of 1868. Adam is our God, who his God and father may be. I have no knowledge. A.F. MacDonald, Minutes of the Provost School of the Prophets. December 11th, 1869. Some have thought it strange what I have said concerning Adam, but the period will come when this people, if faithful, will be willing to adopt Joseph Smith as their prophet, seer, revelator, and God, but not the father of their spirit, for that was our father, Adam. Brigham Young, W. Woodruff Journal, uh, September 25th, 1870. 
He is our Father. He is our God, Father of our spirits. He is the framer of our bodies and set the machine in successful operation to bring forth these tabernacles that I now look upon in this building. And all that ever did or ever will live upon the face of the whole earth. This is the doctrine taught by the ancients, taught by the prophets, taught by Jesus, taught by his apostles, taught by Joseph Smith. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 13, page 250. 250. May 7th of 1871. Do you not all know that you are the sons and daughters of the Almighty? If you do not, I will inform you that this morning that there is not a man or woman on the earth that is not a son or daughter of, or daughter of Adam and Eve. <laughs> we all belong to the races which have sprung from Father Adam and Mother Eve. And every son and daughter of Adam and Eve is a son and daughter of that God we serve who organized this earth and millions of others and who holds them in existence by law. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 14, page 111. We're on page 110 of Michael Adam. He, God, organized it, this world, and brought forth the inhabitants upon it. We are as children, literally, spiritually, naturally, and in every respect. We are the children of our Father. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 14, page 136. There are so many, like, smaller quotes. May 18th of 1873. Yeah, and they seem like really repetitive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like very basic, very repetitive, same thing over and over and over. (laughs) It's almost like they're trying to tell us something. (laughs) But I can't understand what. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, um... To to me, I'm, like, thinking about this and wondering, like, how simple and basic this is and essentially repeated so many times over and over, right, and how simple the the whole doctrine is. But then to think, like, people try to overdo it or make it more than what it says or something like that, and what they do is they will say, well it was metaphorical or something like that. And they just try to make it something that it wasn't. They couldn't just read it for what it is and pray about it and, you know, accept the truth that is given to them about the whole thing. I I just think it's comical a little bit. Okay, sorry, Emmett. Go ahead. Keep reading the tiny little quotes. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's easier to live in a lie than to accept the truth for people for some reason. Like... There's so many things that are obvious that people just don't care to notice or, like, pay attention to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> May 18, seven, or 1873. I never saw anyone until I met Joseph Smith who could tell me anything about the character, personality, and dwelling place of God. Anything satisfactory about angels or the relationship of man to his maker. We know more about God and the heavens than we care to tell. Where is the divine who knows the least, the least thing about our bodies, our, our beings, who is the father of our spirits and the author of our bodies? Yeah, I read the bottom line up first almost. What I know concerning God, concerning the earth, concerning government, I have received from the heavens, not alone for my natural ability, 
and I give God the glory and the praise. But it's all by the power of God, and by intelligence received from him. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 16, page 46, June 18, 1873. How much unbelief exists in the minds of the Latter-day Saints? In regard to one particular doctrine which I have revealed to them and which God revealed to me, namely that Adam is our father and God. I do not know, I do not inquire, I care nothing about it. Our father Adam helped to make this earth. It was created expressly for him, and after it was made, he and his companions came here. Brigham Young, Deseret Weekly News. Uh, I'm going to assume it's either volume or, like, the specific issue, 22, and page 308 and 309 if it's volume. I don't know that one either. <laughs> and we are on page 300 or 1,340 of Enzymes of the Nation. Um, August 31st, 1873. When Father Adam came to assist in organizing the earth, out of the crude material that was found, an earth was made upon which the children of men could live, or upon which the children of men could live. After the earth was prepared, Father Adam came and stayed here, and there was a woman brought to him. Now I'm telling you something that many of you know. It has been told to you, and the brethren and sisters should understand it. There was a certain woman brought to Father Adam, whose name was Eve, because she was the first woman, she was given to him to be his wife, to give any further knowledge concerning her at the present. There is no doubt but that he left many companions. The great and glorious doctrine that pertains to this I have not time to dwell upon. Neither should I at present if I had time. He understood this whole machinery system, or this whole machinery or system before he came to the search. And I hope my brethren and sisters will profit by what I have told them. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 16, page 167. We're on page 111. Anything to say, Mom? What was that? I'm, I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> Continuing on. July 19, 1874. We shall go from one step to another, reaching forth into the eternities until we become uh, like the gods, and shall be able to frame ourselves by the the behest, B-E-H-E-S-T, and command of the Almighty. All those who are counted worthy to be exalted and to become gods, even the sons of God, will go forth and have earth and worlds like those who frame this and millions of millions of others. This is our home, built expressly for us by the Father of our spirit, who is the Father, Maker, and Framer, and Producer of these mortal bodies that we now inherit, and which go back to Mother Earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 17, page 143. May 14th of 1876. Hey, that's like 1776, but but 100 years after. (laughs) Is there in the heaven of heavens a leader? Yes. And we cannot do without one, and that being the case. 
Whoever this is may be called God. Joseph said that Adam was our father and is God. Brigham Young Journal History Church Archive. February 7th of 1887. Adam was an immortal being when he came to this earth. He had lived on an earth similar to ours. He had received the priesthood and the keys thereof and had been faithful in all things and had gained his resurrection and his exaltation and was crowned with glory, immortality, and eternal lives and was numbered with the gods. For such he was through his faithfulness. And he had begotten all of the spirits that were to come to this earth. And Eve, our common mother, who is the mother of all living, bore those spirits in the celestial world. And then this earth was organized by Elohim and Jehovah, or Jehovah and Michael, who is Adam, our common father. <laughs> uh, father Adam's oldest son, Jesus the Savior, who is the heir of the family, is Father Adam's first begotten in the spirit world who according to the flesh is not only begotten as it is written, or is the only begotten as it is written. Uh, yes. In his divinity, Adam, having gone back to the spirit world and came in the spirit to Mary, and she conceived. For when Adam and Eve got through with their work in this earth, they did not lay their bodies down in the dust, but returned to the spirit world from whence they came. L. John Nettle Journal, see uh, verse, volume 18, I don't know, uh, 18 to 21, volume 1, 18 to 21. Uh, from Brigham Young's first announcement in 1852, right up to the years of his death in 1877, uh, he, as well as other church leaders, continued to teach and defend the doctrine of it, or that Adam occupied the office and honored the title of God of the earth. However, those teachings were met with both acceptance and rejection throughout those 25 years. And for over a century since Brigham's death, the controversy has continued, with both advocates and dissenters continuing to preach and write on this controversial Adam-God doctrine. But after considering the compil yeah, compilation of statements in this chapter, the evidence is clear that Brigham Young continuously taught this doctrine throughout his administration as church president. And that is the end of chapter 11. Are you guys there? Anything to say? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, studio, it says here. I am here, but I am about to pull under the loadout at the mine, but I have been listening the whole uh -huh. time. Yeah. So, uh, Kim, uh, can you unmute uh, yourself? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. When I first told you about the Adam God doctrine, when we first got married in 2012. Yeah. When you I told you to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. At first, you didn't. You're like, I don't think so. And then, and then I was like. Well, and I was explaining everything to you and whatever. And then you were like, okay, okay, shut up. Because uh, the spirit was speaking to you and you wanted to listen to the spirit, not to me. <laughs> and then what did you find out? <laughs> I 
Kim. Mother. Okay, sorry about Mother. that. Wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. What? Hello? Now I can't hear. Uh, I hear you. You're, you sound fine. Uh, Dad asked okay. a question to you. Uh, and, and I completely forgot the question for some reason. <laughs> um, it was, oh, something about when the spirit was speaking to you and he first told you about something and you were like, shut up, shut up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when the when um so he was like talking about it and I had already been really skeptical about it and I was like ah like freaking out but then he I was just like like he kept talking like he was saying more saying 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 then I was like um I what did I tell you I think I said shut up <laughs> I was like be quiet or shut up because he was like kept talking and kept talking driving. and you were driving no you were driving and I was passengering. Are you sure? Okay, I remember we it backwards. To, yeah, um, we were we hey, were headed to Maine. Yeah, I'm headed. I the reason I'm like back and forth with the being on. I'm trying to go check on uh, Amadala. So I know you don't know this, but Lydia and I both were watching her earlier, and so this is like the third time I've checked on her. But um, I I feel like she's pushing, and Lydia said she was like had some stuff hanging out, so. I'm trying to keep an eye on her at the same time, which is also something else that was happening earlier that was making it harder for me to, like, just hurry up and go. Like, I'm so glad that you did all the feeding and stuff, but when we were out there, she was breathing heavy and doing weird things. So I'm just going to head back there really quickly and go and check her, and then I'll come right back, and I'll stay on the line, okay? Or actually, wait. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. You sound fine. Actually, I was just thinking about that as I'm driving back, and I can't do that because I'm the one who's on the host line, and if I go back, then it will break up. Yeah, Mom. Get so, back false here. alarm. I know. <laughs> so now I'm like, uh, never mind. I'm going to have to send Olivia back this time to go and check. No, I'm going to go back because if you had a kid, I'm naming it. <laughs> oh, yeah, somebody else's turn to find them because I found all the other babies. Yeah, so, Okay. Um, anyways, yeah, so that's why I'm like, oh, wait, what? And then I was like back and forth, and now I'm like, okay, I have to stay over here so that you guys can still hear me. Uh, I guess I'll just wait. Um, yeah. So anyways, what happened, so when you have discernment, okay, uh, for me, anyway, I don't know if this is everybody. I, I, that's kind of like, you know, broad, um, rationalization, I guess. But with me, um, the discernment that I have is, it's it's like a unique uh, tell, I guess. I don't even know how to call it like a tell. But um, I just, um, I get like the a feeling. I get like the spirit kind of speaks to me. I've gotten, um, I actually have seen things too, like envision while being awake, um, just told different things about, you know, uh, about, whatever it is that I'm studying or asking or talking about. And so in that instance, I wasn't like trying to get anything, but then all of a sudden I was just like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like I'm listening to you and I'm trying to listen to you and I have ADD, so I'm like all over the place. But then I had to be like, okay, just shut up for a second (laughs) so I could like listen because I think I wasn't like really paying attention or listening because I was trying to listen to you actually, honey. So, anyways, yeah, I'm done ranting. You can go ahead. 
It's fine. Um, I am getting loaded for Huntington. So that's nice. Um, I, I but we didn't know before. Go ahead, Emmett. Just, uh, what were you going to say? Uh, I was like, oh, I finished reading the book, so you have a lot of time to talk about stuff, about half an hour. Okay, and the guest call-in number for those who have questions or comments is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. And there is a chat room available for questions and comments at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And hold on, I have to write down some numbers here for my load ticket. Huntington coming down next will be 859. Did you hear that? 859. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I'll remember that for the rest of my life, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and it's because uh, Emmett is the rain man in real life, but <laughs> not Dennis Hoffman either. Anyway, but um, it's actually 38, five, uh, five, eight, or eight, five, nine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so we didn't know at the time that the church had these like rejections and denials of this doctrine. No idea, you know, and then, um, and Kim didn't know either, but I was like, this is what Brigham Young taught. And I know it is true. And, and, you know, it's deep doctrine. So we don't talk about it at church because we need to keep things basic, whatever, but it was taught. And, uh, Kim was a little bit skeptical, like she said, um, but the spirit told her it was true. And then we were like, you know, we'd tell some people talking about it. And, and hold on. So when I got called into the state president's office, it was about the Adam God doctrine. And I was just very plain. I didn't know I could be in trouble. I swear these people like there's only enough room up to up at the loadout for three trucks and if one comes down guess what there's room for one to go up he's all is there enough room for another truck to come up yeah because I just came down Anyway, um, so I turned the radio down so I can, like, get out of the – because I don't need to hear these people anymore. (laughs) Anyway, but, um, like, when I told him I believed the Adam-God doctrine, like, he got angry, the state president in in Montpelier, Vermont. Like, I'm like – I had no idea, like – this was something that wasn't supposed to be taught, you know, but whatever. And like, I found out that my aunt, when she told, when she was in her twenties, 
she had seven children, and um, her bishop said, I would, ex- I would have you uh, excommunicated if it were not for the fact that you have seven children. Like, and he understood, like, you know, hey, if you excommunicate the mom, these kids are going to be lost to the church. You know, so they let her stay in, didn't excommunicate her for it. But a lot of people, like, they have been excommunicated for it because the church, they might say that the the leaders of the church can't lead you astray, but then whatever Brigham Young said, oh, that's that's too much, you know, because they want to make the church more friendly to people who are Christians. Like, and what I say is, I don't care what these Christians think. There was a reason for uh, restoration, because they're apostates. And God wants to reveal truth. And this stuff was taught by Joseph Smith. And now, I am going into the void, because I'm leaving the mind. I will be back on as soon as I can. I might check the studio, make sure there's nobody in there. And if there are, um, let me know, please. There are not any new people. Okay. Anyway, maybe you could uh, read the preview for for the next chapter while I'm in the void. Okay. I'm just going to read the first page of it or so. Chapter 12, Selected Sermons, page 113. The preceding chapter included isolated statements by Brigham Young, along with other 19th century church leaders, supporting the Adam-God doctrine. But there were also occasions when larger portions of his sermons were devoted to that subject. Five more extensive references will be included in this chapter, so it cannot be said that Brigham Young's statements have been taken out of context. Okay, so it's a whole, this chapter is like a whole chunk of the thing, the last one, just like more in depth on the whole sermon. That makes sense. The sermons that it was an example of. Uh, number one, a sermon by Brigham Young, October 8th, 1854, General Conference, Salt Lake Valley. After hearing this sermon, Wilford Woodruff wrote in his journal President Young preached to a congregation of several thousand out of doors, and I believe that he preached the greatest sermon that ever was delivered to the Latter-day Saints since they have been a people. Elder Watt reported, I also took minutes. W. Woodruff Journal, Wilford Woodruff Journal, uh, Volume 4, page 290, I think. The Deseret News reported, at 2 p.m., an immense congregation were comfortably seated in the open air. While emblems were being passed, President Brigham Young delivered a highly interesting discourse, which was held the vast distance as it were spellbound. Desert News, Volume 4, whatever that is for, page 112. Um, that is the end of the introduction, page 114. So yeah, that's like what we're doing next chapter. It's like the previous chapter, just more in depth. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. You're asking who Elder Watt was before. So Elder Watt, he was a man who had a very fine gift of shorthand penmanship, which he developed himself. So, you know, you didn't have things to record things. 
uh, back then, but the church wanted to record the talks at general conference and other talks uh, and write them down and send them in a periodical to the saints who were in England. So George Watt, with his gift, was able to write down in shorthand what these people were talking, all the general authorities and whoever was talking, you know, so, um, and then he would uh, write it all down as fast as he could because he knew this this specific shorthand that he had developed. And then he would go and he would, um, he would uh, write it all out in, in long format. So, and back then, uh, and part of the early church, they did not prepare talks. They spoke whatever the Spirit had them, you know, speak to the people. So, like in the Journal of Discourse and the early um, teachings and, and talks and all that, like they might go from one deep doctrine subject and then they might talk about irrigation and farming. I mean, it was whatever the Spirit led them. They didn't prepare the talks beforehand like these imposters do today. And they didn't have teleprompters either. They didn't read from the pulpit. They knew the scriptures well enough to where God could use them to bring these things out of their mind and speak to the people through the voice of the individual who was speaking. And I understand because... um, when I used to be uh, a long-haul trucker, I would go to churches all over North America, and every time I was at a fasting testimony meeting, I would speak. I would love it. And, um, like I had and I would be like, I no! I know. <laughs> well, yeah, Kim, she would, like, when I did this long before I met her, but, yeah, she would be like, she knew I was going to get up, and she would, like, pinch my leg or kick me, or try to hold me, because she knew. And I don't know why, because I never brought up, like, any of the deep doctrine stuff. Why are you so scared, Kim? (laughs) I don't like confrontations, and I really just don't like spectacles. I just want to be unnoticed. That's my goal in life. (laughs) Yeah, but there was no confrontations. Everybody... Like, you, you're a witness. Like, people felt this spirit so strong when I would speak in Sunday no school or in fasting testimony. They would always I know. They would all be, I know. <laughs> it was so funny because they were always like, thank you so much for, I'm so thankful that your husband said what he said. And I was like, thanks so much. They would, like, come up and tell me afterwards. <laughs> yeah, and then when we lived in Spanish Fork, I had already been excommunicated by that apostate piece of crap state president. Um, so I was, you know, I, and the state president, when we moved to Spanish Fork, um, he asked President, Nel, uh, president Monson what he should do with me. And President Monson knows me. So did President Hinckley. And they were like, just let him speak. You know, just let him participate. He, he, don't let him bless the sacrament or whatever, but just leave him alone. So, which is fine with me, whatever. I know that I know because of my patriarchal blessing and because I have seen God face to face that I have had my calling and election made sure. 
And I just had a tire blow out. God. That was loud. That scared the crap out of me. I didn't hear it, but that's really annoying. Yeah, well, I have, uh, what do you call it, um, noise-canceling headset, mic, whatever. So, yeah. anyway, um, I got to get up this hill and then pull over and see what's going on. But um, so, um, so, I just spoke in class, like, no big deal, you know, and everybody loved whatever I would say. And they would be like, they'd all, and I would always take off because I like, I want people to give God the glory, not to come praise me for whatever it is that I said. Um, but Kim would be in there and they'd be like, oh, I really loved your husband's comments or whatever he said. And, um, and then they would find out that I was not a member of the church and that I had been excommunicated for apostasy, not, not knowing exactly why. But... Um, and they'd, all, they'd always be confused. Like, how is it possible that I could feel the spirit so strong from this guy when he's an apostate? You know, <laughs> like, it, it gave Kim and I a little bit of a chuckle. Kim, did you want to say anything about that since you are a witness of that? <laughs> Sorry, I was tickling a two-year-old, and it was kind of cute. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, it's okay, monkey. <laughs> Mom, you're so mean. You heard him or something. Kim, I was talking about it's how I... I'm focused. focused. I have never really escaped this, Yeah, you. sure you are, Miss ADD. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm focused um, right now, about... so tell me right now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, I was talking about how President Monson told our state president, and the only reason we know that is because the bishop um, of our ward told us and uh, pulled out our file, which they keep a file on me. But um, he said, um, you know, he he told us what happened. So the state president didn't want to let me talk, but he's going to be subservient to President Monson. So... um, (laughs) Um, so they let me talk and they left me alone and it was kind of nice, you know, and, um, Oh, you're talking about Bishop Pace, right? Yes. Don't say first name. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So anyways, he, um, yeah, he was really great. Um, he was great. Actually, that whole ward was really great because they all were like, thank you so much for all that you said. And they were always like happy about it. Um, and they were always like, you know, like I said before, shaking my hand and everything. So it was, you know, sorry, Arius is trying to talk to you. He thinks that the earpiece that he's listening to you talk in is the microphone. So now he's trying to talk into the earpiece. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so, yeah, it was great there. Everybody was um, good because they did not stop him from talking and speaking in class and stuff. He didn't speak, you know, up. Uh, like they didn't have him give talks or anything like that, but he would, um, he was able to talk in class and um, everything, just like a normal person. So that was pretty cool. Um, and they were just, they were really good because a lot of people liked what he had to say. So they were always, you know, really great about it. Yeah, she's talking to the kids. Hold on. Yeah, um, I can't hear. Did he say something? Oh, okay. 
<gasps> You're missing a tire. What happened? Uh, it blew out and came off, and it blew the wheel cell out, and there's oil all over the place. Oh, no. Where I are you at? I pulled it out of the shop. I remember at the top of Barrel Hill by Horse Canyon. Anyway, so I, I've got a... I guess we could wrap it up. Do we have any, we don't have any callers in the uh, no nope. in the studio. Not currently. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we're gonna wrap it up. So tomorrow we're gonna okay. get into uh, to the next chapter, which is so long that the whole chapter in the reader program is one hour and twelve minutes. So I was able to. Uh, Divide it into two pieces or two parts. So the first part is 45 minutes long just for the reader program. And then the second one is whatever's left of that. So, so we're, the next chapter will be in two different parts on Thursday, hopefully, and Friday. And I got the first part of it done between the time Olivia and Emma got home and I had to leave. Um, and I've got to try to figure out how to get the next part in. And uh, but I got to go because I got a blown out tire, which is just one more reason why I'm going to have to work on Saturday night because this week and last week have been ridiculous with all of the delays and the broke down trucks and the storms and the frigid cold temperatures. I mean, one night it was zero when I got off. And coal, I don't know if you know this, listening audience, it freezes in trailers. And it wants to stick to the inside of the trailer. And you have to get out there with a rubber mat and a uh, mallet and beat the crap out of it. (laughs) And it all takes time, and we get paid by the load, not by the hour. So all of this is just, like, it's fun. Anyway... We'll be back on tomorrow at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with another episode of Fundamentally Mormon. Thank you, Kim, for reading. I hope that Amadala has her babies tonight, even though you probably will be really tired tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I'm going to go check in just a little bit. Who, who read Okay. Exactly? <laughs> What's that? You said, thank you, Kim, for reading. I'm like, excuse me? Who exactly read today? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Armadala, and then hopefully we might have Don't. another pregnant one after that, but we're not sure because two of our goats carry their babies really weird, and you can't tell if they're pregnant or not because they're ridiculous. Yeah. Goat. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, we'll be back on tomorrow at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, we'll just go to that point. Thank you, Kim and Emma, for reading and helping me to do what God has asked me to do. And being a support to me, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody who listens. So, Emmett? Hello. Are you ready? Never and always. Okay. Take care, everyone. God bless and goodbye. Emmett, cue the music. Okay.